Air Warriors, and welcome to another episode of Chevron's the podcast the enlisted force i am your host chief master sergeant sean sully sullivan and i'm joined here by two guests the first is going to be tech sergeant noons our newest addition to pa sergeant noons hello chief thank you for having me i'm tech sergeant noons i came over from the army pa spent about seven years with the army national guard and before that 10 years with the army actives component and also joining me will be Chief Norris from the U.S. Space Force. Would you please introduce yourself, Chief? Yes, sir. So uh, first off, I'll always like to start with a place of gratitude. So thank you guys uh, for allowing me to join your team and join this podcast. Awesome opportunity. Uh, So a little bit about myself. I'm currently the senior enlisted leader at the 6th Space Warning Squadron here at uh, Cape Cod. Um, we, we currently have 76 active duty folks, and they're split between space operators and the, the security forces defenders that, that guard the protection level one facility. Uh, ground-based radar, we're, we're charged with protecting the east coast uh, of the United States from, from missile attacks and um, deterring our adversaries because we're, we're always on watch 24-7. So um, pretty cool mission. Definitely excited to be there. I'm originally uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana, so coming up on, on 20 years of service. It um, was definitely a, a, a bit um, directionless as a youth, and, and really it was an opportunity to join the military. was 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 amazing for me, and, and I've loved it, and I've, I've, I've stuck with it ever since. So it's been such an awesome career field, um, uh, such an awesome career overall. And just recently, within within the last couple of years, to have the opportunity to cross over from the U.S. Air Force to the Space Force has, has been awesome. So I'm loving it. That right there, you just teed up my first question. Yes, so a little bit about my family background. My uncle joined the Air Force late 1949 wow. into 1950, and he, he served through Korea. And the most interesting stories I ever had for him from him were not about Korea, but they were about how it was walking into a branch of the service that was like like days old when sure. he walked in. Yep. You know, and and being surrounded by people that were Army, but they're now Air Force, and just that whole cultural dynamic. I, I found it fascinating about how they just kind of molded in together and and just kind of like became one. Sure. I'd like to hear that from your perspective, because you, you have an Air Force history. Yes, sir. Now you're going into a new assignment with a new branch Correct. that is that it, it's multi-service because you have people coming in from all branches of the service, not just Air Force transitioning over. Yes, sir. And how are you managing that? And and you know, what what are your wins and any you know any um, uh, any trouble spots that you had along the way? Well, well, sure. Uh, like a brand new service, we're we're three years old and and we're very much in the infancy stage. Um, so the way it worked is when the Space Force was created, um, the original call out was for anybody who was doing an organic space mission. Your your option was to come on over to the Space Force since you're already doing a space mission, cross-train, or, or you were asked to leave the service. So um, that was the first organic. It just made sense. You were already doing a Space Force mission. And then the second call out was from the Air Force. Uh, anybody who's doing a cyber or intel, that uh, was a call out. So I, I happened to be in that pool of cyber, uh, did 18 years traditional Air Force as a, as a cyber troop communications. 
And uh, when the opportunity arose in the Space Force, said, hey, we're looking for cyber folks. I said, yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. So I, I put in an application and just kind of went on ab- about my life. And it uh, turns out they gave me a call. Um, I, I got a call from uh, uh, Chief Master Sergeant Jake Simmons, a uh, really good mentor of mine, who said, who said hey, you're, you're going to be um, a, a part of the Space Force. And uh, with that, we'd like you to go to Cape Cod as your first assignment. So I said, I don't know where that is, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, it was definitely a, a learning curve coming from cyber communications, uh, at traditional Air Force, to now I'm working at a space warning squadron, and, and we do um, missile warning, missile defense. And when that's not um, really uh, um, too prevalent, we have space domain awareness, which is basically keeping track of, of things in space, because I'm sure you guys are aware there's a lot of objects in space, yes. some very high-valued assets, and also just a lot of space junk going around. So you don't want um, the uh, the space junk running into your high-value items, your high-value satellites, and things like that. So, uh, yes, sir, it's definitely been a, a learning curve, a transition just, just for me. But uh, I've been thoroughly impressed with my, my time in the Space Force. Even, um, I, I think you kind of mentioned um, uh, creating new ranks. Yes. We, we had to do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, I know we're on radio, but you, you, can, you can see my rank. But I think one of the cool things is um, very early on, the Space Force did a call out to all the Guardians. Hey, what do you want your rank to look like? And we took some, we took some inputs, and we, we came up with three or four different uh, styles, and we got to vote, and... It was almost democratic. So it wasn't a top-down direction. It wasn't somebody said, hey, here's your rank. It Negative. was, let's see, let, you know, yeah, let's make it your culture, and they brought it down to the lowest level. I- indeed, indeed. And I think that worked out well, and uh, our folks are, are bought in. And uh, I, I love it. It's definitely unique. Uh, walking around, people go, oh, what is that? And even the Space Force tab, just walking around town, I'd say uh, the number one question I get is, is that a real thing? I say, absolutely, it's, it's a real thing. I check my LES, I get paid, we, we, we do a mission. So I, I, I think the, uh, the, the big thing is that the Air Force was always doing a space mission, but it was just uh, almost, it, it got to be lost because there was so much going on with the flying mission that there wasn't a lot of time allocated to space. And finally, some smart leaders said, hey, we need to break off and have our own branch of service dedicated to mission only. That's why we rely on our teammates. We rely on our Air Force brothers and sisters to do the, 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 the CE, the, the FSS, all those, all those base functions because Space Force, we're focused on mission. That's why we got space operators, we got cyber, and we got intel. That's the bread and butter of what we do. So it's exciting. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of the same conversations that I had with my uncle back in the day as to the why they had to do it. And sure. it came down to comprehension and understanding. When you start getting these mission sets that become so complex and so encompassing, it's very, very difficult. It was not fair for a land component commander mm-hmm. to understand the strategic mission of the Air Force and the application of close air support and bombing missions, it just it just became too, just too much. much. Yes, sir. And that's how it broke off. And, and the same is true with our space mission. Uh, I do have, like, one side question. This is more sure. like a curiosity sure. question. Uh, because space, it's so cluttered. Is there, like, I, I mean, how, how does it get filled up? I mean, th- stuff doesn't just get shot up there and just kind of float around. Well, is there like a big, uh, like do all the countries work together to say, hey, I want to put something in space, it's going to go here, and is there like standoff distances and all that so things so, don't collide? Yes, 
some countries work together, not all for sure. Um, yeah, the, the caveat is, uh, you know, within my last year, I have definitely gone through some training and tried to beef up my, my space knowledge. But there's there's some smart professionals I work with that have been doing space their whole career uh, who can answer better. But, um, yeah, what, what I could tell you is um, whenever satellites and objects are launched into space, there's there are different pieces of the, the rocket and the rocket body and, and fuel that, uh, that will fall off, which you launch one thing and that creates 10 with all the different things things that go on. Um, there's, there's old satellites that break apart and decay. Uh, there's a couple, um, a couple of our adversary countries that have tested their capability for what's called ASAT, uh, yes. anti-satellite. Very familiar. Are you familiar with that? Very. Yeah, that's where Scary. they tested from the land, shot a missile up at one of their, their tests, a, a defunct satellite, blew it up as a, as a test, but it also showed the world, hey, they're capable of doing that. But what that did was it created a whole bunch of, of space debris and space junk. And um, that, happened, that happened twice with two different countries, and that's not sustainable. Space will become unsustainable if we keep doing that. It will just be too cluttered and, and none of the countries can use it. So that's a big thing that the United States Space Force is interested in, is uh, not cluttering up space. We, we, we want to... Um, maintain diplomacy, but we're not in the business of, of blowing up other satellites because that would just uh, make space, uh, it's, not, it's not sustainable. So we want it to be a sustainable place. I, I can just imagine how many pieces of everything that you guys are, yeah, so, you know, yeah, that, that, that alone, as well as the missile sure. defense and everything else you're doing, it, it, it sounds like a, it sounds like a pretty amazing career field. Now, are you, what branches of the service have fed into that? I, obviously, Air Force, but have all branches fed into Space Force? And do they are they taking you know their identity as say a Marine, and then transferring into Space Force, or do you still have other services working space missions that are not that are working the mission, but they're still staying true to their own branch? No, that's a great question, Chief. Um, so, so yes, when you come into the Space Force as a guardian, you, your records do reflect your prior service, but you are guardian from here on out. We're moving forward, right? Um, so that's an important aspect. Once you're a guardian, you're a guardian. Uh, we do value those different aspects because um, uh, I think to one of your questions was what branches. Yes, the, the Army, uh, the Marines, and the Navy, if you were doing some sort of um, uh, space mission already or cyber and intel, you, you had the opportunity to come on over, and, and we've had some great successes with just some high-speed high individuals that come over from different – and they bring those outside perspective, right? Um, you know, uh, I, I, I just think that's uh, an amazing opportunity, so, so we're not just pigeonholed with everybody came from the Air Force. we got this diversity of thought, and it's, it's such, a, such a cool piece. And, um, you know, with that being said, we got a lot of transfers. Right now we're about 8,600 strong in the Space Force. That nice. is tiny compared to other branches of service. But it, it it's it's becoming a strong culture. It is. Yeah. It, it is for sure. And so the, the Space Force differs a little bit in, in other services, like perhaps uh, the Air Force, where you, you've got one officer and a cadre enlisted underneath that. Um, with that 8600 in the Space Force, we're, we're kind of split half and half between officers and enlisted, which, oh. which makes for a pretty cool dynamic. Because even on the, um, 
the missile warning ops center where we're at, we, we got an officer and elicit working side by side, do, doing the thing, lockstep, working together. Uh, and as I mentioned, always on call 24-7, always watching uh, for any um, sea launch ballistic missiles or, or intercontinental ballistic missiles. But as you can imagine, that doesn't happen too often because our adversaries yes. know right. we're watching. So in the meantime, the, the, the folks keep busy with space main awareness. And that's a full-time job because you got a lot of countries that are getting in the space game mm-hmm. and a lot of countries that are um, – Putting objects in space that are no longer just benign, as in just going on orbit, they got the capability to move and maneuver and come close to our satellites. And we're like, oh, whoa, what, what are you doing up there? So it, it's definitely a contested space. Now, what about uh, um, civilian population? Do you have a large number of designated civilian, uh, Title V civilians that work we with? Do. Yes, sir. We got a, a, a large counterpart of uh, civilians. Um, you know, I, I can't speak uh, writ large. I, I, I really have a limited um, space uh, experience, if you will, because this is my very first Space Force base right. here at Cape Cod. I've, I've been doing the, the Air Force mission. But, um, yeah, we, we've got um, six civilians that uh, work work here at Cape Cod, and you got um, um, data, data analysts and, and folks that uh, keep make sure the radar is, is running up to speed, yeah. um, civil engineers to make sure. The, the, the contract and maintenance. But uh, overall, across the, the, the Space Force, yeah, we do have a large civilian population. Most of those folks are, are prior military, and they, they bring that experience with them. So, so yes, sir, those are absolutely our teammates. Yeah, you're almost selling me on a fourth branch of the service. I may have to, you know, add one more in. Yes, sir. But speaking about branch changes and experience, Sergeant Nunes, you have just come to us from the Army. Yes, now, sir. what did you do in the Army? Tell us a little bit about your story. You were PA in the Army as well? Uh, yes, sir. When I was active, I was a military policeman, so security forces. Oh, another cop. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So I did the requisite uh, taxpayer paid vacations to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. I joined the Guard for a new challenge as I attended college, and I switched into public affairs in the Army side. And about eight months ago, a Air Force captain named Aaron Smith. Uh, yes. I, if, you'd, I, if you know I know him, Captain Smith <laughs> very uh, well. He came over and highly suggested that I come speak with Tim. It was a little bit over eight months ago. My switch was eight months ago. And he was like, hey, you know, the 102nd would like public affairs. I think you're up to the challenge. How about you think about coming down? And I said, all right, I'll talk to Tim. I'll see if I'm someone that he wants to work with on a daily basis. I don't think I had to twist his arm too hard. But (laughs) uh, I made the switch and kind of, you know, perhaps on the vein of what you – also ran into Chief Norris. Uh, it was Army patches off, Air Force patches on. Heck yeah. And I knew that in it, I was no longer U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Kevin Nunes. I was United States Air Force Technical Sergeant Kevin Nunes. And I had experience, but I didn't want to bring the baggage associated with it. Right. Because I need to lean in and embrace the Air Force. So each and every time that I show up, I'm listening, I'm watching, I'm learning, I'm saying, what is the culture here? You know, what is each piece of the Air Force that I need to learn and fully invest myself in to fit in the service and adopt that culture? That's why, Chief Norris, for you, I'm very interested in how you're kind of formulating and bringing those people in and embracing them for that cultural aspect because it's so important from top down all the way through. Correct. Yeah, one of the things I speak to is um, uh, I, I think it's important to note that the, the Space Force honored 
any um, inter-service transfer from another branch that had a promotion. If you had a line number from a, from the Army or from the Navy Marines, honor that. Come come on over, and you you get you get your you get your new rank, and we we'll come over and put you somewhere commensurate with that. That is so, huge. Yeah, absolutely. That is big. That was a big selling feature because what's what's the benefit if um, you're going to transfer to the Space Force and then. Right. not have the opportunity of promotion or, or, or be demoted or whatever or lose out. So, yeah, I, I think the Space Force is doing things right when it comes to the culture. Um, uh, another one is assignments. Um, so so being that we're so small, retention is, is important, right? Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're 8,600 strong, so uh, it, it, it's a pretty small, small uh, force. So one of the things that the um, – Space Force is really getting after his assignments because, as you guys should typically know, assignments equal happiness. That's kind of a term, right? Um, if you can get to where you want to go and if if the Space Force can get you to a location that makes you happy and makes your family happy, odds are you're going to stay in. So that's really uh, something that the Space Force can get after being so small is, is that um, – we can work with you one-on-one individually to figure out what's good for you, what's good for your family, first and foremost. And then we figure out, hey, what job can we do when we get you there? And if you're happy, your family's happy, we're all working, we're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good aspect that the Space Force is able to get after. The Air Force is such, just such a huge machine. Yes, I mean, yeah. they, they don't have the, the time or the bandwidth to talk to people one-on-one. Hey, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? It's here's your assignment. You don't like it? get out next man up or next person up so that's that's kind of a difference um just just the air force being so huge and the space force being so small we we can have that family like touch to it and um when when i got um an assignment notification it wasn't it wasn't an email i got a phone call from a chief pretty cool how they're doing things so yeah yeah the culture the culture it's we're we're growing we're getting there but i think we're getting after we're we're doing some things right it it sounds like you guys have like a lot of the same flavor that we have in the national guard particularly the air national guard okay i what i love about the air national guard i've spent i was active duty marines i was active duty army never active duty air force but deployments but but that whole active duty flavor um you realize that uh you are you realize how big (laughs) It all is. Sure. And you realize how small you are in the decision-making pro- uh, process. And even though every soldier, Marine, sailor, coastie, guardian, and airman has a value, every human who wears a, uh, a uniform is valuable, our most valuable resource. Um, you, it, you, you just get lost in the sea of, geez, I could be in Germany for two years, and then I can be in Texas, and then I can be in you know Afghanistan, and I can be here, where... With the National Guard, we kind of that culture where, hey, I'm going to be with the you know, where we're sitting today in sure. the and Second Intelligence Wing, and you can build those friendships and you can build those liaisons and you can have that stability of not having to move a lot, you know, better family uh, dynamics. Stability, et correct. Yeah. It seems like you have a lot of that based on the number of locations that we can put the Space Force in. Because sure. you're not in 50 states, which is, you know, why a, a nationwide Space National Guard would never make sense. You're only in mm-hmm. certain states and certain locations. And, and I, I would offer pretty primo locations, you know what I'm saying? I would say... Col- Cape, Colorado is the mecca, if you will. We call Cape it the mothership. Cod, Colorado, California, they, they, they don't suck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got got some spots down in Florida too, and and the Space Force has always expanded. Um, new squadrons are standing up, new new deltas are standing up, which is equivalent to a wing. Um, it's it's pretty amazing the opportunities that we have, and I would say full transparency when it comes to assignments. 
like literally, you know, I, I as I mentioned, um, I think we talked about that. I, my, my next time it's going to be to uh, Vandenberg, to Delta One, moving mm-hmm. over to uh, training and readiness. But just the full spectrum was opened up. Hey, here, here's what's out there. Here's what we need. And uh, I don't think in the Air Force that transparency was always there. You, you got an opportunity to update your dream sheet and right. it would kind of go down the list, but you kind of got what you got. Um, but, but again, I think that's just a, a product of the space force being so small and, and we have such a, such a touch point to our talent management office that that's why we call it our, our, our guardians for talent and we value talent in the space force. And because of that, we want to do what's right for you and your family. If we can make you happy, that means you're probably going to stay in service longer and really that's what we need because uh we um we're we're so small we we gotta have folks stay in that philosophy is the philosophy that every leader and every branch of the service needs to embrace because that's what you know that that's the reality of it it's 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 caring and connection um i i think the connection is 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 so important just connecting to people as human beings and here at cape cod we're, we're such a small unit. As I mentioned, 76 active duty, that's, that's not a lot. They've got squadrons in the Air Force that are 400, 450 strong. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's an opportunity to, to know people one-on-one. We, we PT together. We sweat together. We train together. And it's it's uh, I call it leading with love. Like I, I have love for every one of my brothers and sisters in arms because we're all doing this to protect the nation, right? Um, that's ultimately what it comes down to. You mentioned the term warfighters, right? No matter what your name tape is. Doesn't matter. We're, 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 we're doing this together. Uh, one team, one fight. And um, the branches offer different specialties if you will but um it's very exciting to be a part of the 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 nation's newest service in the space force and we talk about cultures all the time in the military you know the marine corps has a culture the army has a culture that but what everybody needs to embrace whether you are coast guard you are uh, space force wherever doesn't matter we are truly all part of one culture and that is the warrior culture yes sir we are all warriors doesn't matter what your job is we all have to be focused in on that. Um, but it is really cool. I'll call them counterculture. Well, you can't counterculture is the wrong word, but subcultures. Mm. You know, how each branch of the service kind of has its own its own flavor, its own like, you know, hey, it's cool to be a Marine because of this. It's cool That's to accurate. be in the Army because mm-hmm. of that. It sounds really cool to be, you know, in the Space Force. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You're, you're, you're selling me. <laughs> so now I have a question for you. Okay. I know the answer to this, but I, I don't think our audience does. Okay. So my daughter decides that hey dad i want to join the space force and i say that is awesome and day one she goes to the recruiter what is the flow like from there where would she go to boot camp is there a space force boot camp great great question so uh the space force does have a plan to have a one centralized spot for for boot camp but uh, right now the way it works is um, because we're so small, we don't have that infrastructure built yet. Mm-hmm. So we're still borrowing from our teammates in the Air Force. So what happens is if you're a brand new recruit in the Space Force, you will go to Lackland. You will go through uh, your nine weeks of basic military training, but you will go with a flight of all guardians. And that's the difference. So you're still going to use the infrastructure in the, in the, the same um, um, type of training um, that the Air Force goes to, but, but you break off and you, you go to specific um, guardian spirit, guardian ideal type type training, and you're with your brothers and sisters that are in the guardian. And so um, if you were to break out, for example, and do cyber, you're still going to go to Keesler Air Force Base and get your, your cyber. If you're going to be Intel, you're going to go to Goodfellow in Texas. If you're going to be a space operator, you go uh, over to Vandenberg to get your training. So right now we're still borrowing from our, our, our teammates in the Air Force. But the vision is to have a one-stop shop where uh, 
um, let, let's call it Patrick, let's call it Vandenberg, whatever the, the, the service decides to where you will go to that location, you get, you, you get your basic training, you get your tech school, you get some qual training, and then boom, we send you out to the field and you're ready to rock. So we're not there yet. Again, only only a little over three years in, so we don't have the infrastructure built yet. We're, we're, the, the service is still deciding on, on where different headquarters are going to be, but I'm excited to be a part of that change. And uh, uh, I, I hope that there is a, a one-stop shop where it's strictly just basic training for gardening. That's going to be so awesome, so cool. Yeah, that, 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 that will be like a cool thing because then you can add your own flavor into that. So Yeah, and, yeah. and, and if uh, you said your daughter was – thinking about it she, uh, she's she's listening to this podcast right now every fiber in her being is screaming no, no. but well, if, she, if she wants to come do a tour over to cape cod take a look at the radar a lot a lot of different mission sets uh in the space force uh, I'm, I'm a part of delta four right now which does focus on missile warning missile defense mm-hmm. uh in that architecture um because it's pretty cool to to know that the entire united states is protected 24 7 365 with ground-based radars with uh, satellite-based radars we're looking from the top we're looking from the bottom we are watching 24-7, 365. Um, it, it, it can be a thankless job, but it's a, it's a pretty cool mission. But that's just one mission set. So if your daughter's interested, yeah, have her come on by, uh, give a tour. We have the Civil Air Patrol come by all the time and, and kind of check out yeah. some cool things that we do. So we're, we're always interested in advertising what we got going on. Well, um, what's your age cutoff? Uh, for you talking about to, to, yeah for, to to come in because uh and not for me yeah <laughs> but I talk to people all the time that are our prior service sure. that are thinking about coming back in that are like you know hey I did my eight years I did my twelve years but you know it's like my choices are Army Navy Marines you know blah blah um, if a prior service somebody had an intel background sure. say you know uh, you know say Navy intelligence mm-hmm. and they're 36 years old and they have they're hungry to join the space force and they were they were interested what is like what is your age cut off to bring people in so uh prior service yeah i I, i'd be misspeaking if i gave you a number i i want to say that um we're still following the department of air force guidelines which is 34 36 but but what i'll tell you is if you bring knowledge skills and abilities and and you're hungry to be a guardian go talk to the recruiter there's waivers for everything you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like if if you bring value and and you're bought in and you want to be a part of this team and you bring those knowledge skills and abilities man give give it a shot uh i i think it's worth talking to the recruiter What's worst I can say? No, absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say, sir. Uh, in that vein, for Space Force coming up all along its own, mm-hmm. do you see any specific difference? Actually, as I should say this, have you had anyone go through that full Space Force pipeline and yeah. come to your squadron? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, so, so let me back up a little bit. You you had mentioned like with the inner service transfers, you're an inner service transfer and you, I think you, you use the term baggage. So yeah, people come in, they, they spent 15, 16 years in a different service and they come with those scar tissues, the baggage. I used to do it like this. This is how I was treated. Yep. And we're very big in the, in the space force. Hey, you don't need to bring that baggage with you. We're, we're moving full speed ahead. Um, so uh, one more time, what was the original question? Uh, so I was looking for if you have any people who made it through oh, that yeah, pipeline yeah, that you outlined. And like I backtracked and I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So so definitely. Um, yeah, we, we actually have uh, a, a couple of guardians uh, at, at Cape Cod who have gone through the basic training at Lachlan. And then they have gone through the, the, the pipeline training over uh, at, at Vandenberg. And they got selected for uh, Cape Cod to be the first time. So it's pretty cool. That's all they know 
is is being a guardian, being in Space Force, and that's why I was kind of talking earlier. Some of us come from different services. We bring we bring this other um, stuff that we brought along with us. But I'm excited for this future generation because that's all they're going to know. And give it five six years, they're going to be the NCOs and they're going to be the backbone. And then you know, give it ten years, they're going to be the senior CEOs. And through attrition, just you know, us, us older guys, we're, we're not going to be around in in the service forever. We'll be moved out, and it's very exciting to see this brand new generation of, of guardians. That's all they know. They've been in the Space Force the entire time. So, yeah, exciting times ahead. Is Space Force right now, sir, is it only an active component, or do they have versions of Guard and Reserve? So right now it's active. There there are talks uh, about how to possibly incorporate. Um, man, the Space Force is really partnering with the industry and getting after um, different opportunities. There, there's there's more more than I can even speak to. There's, there's, there's um, uh, opportunities um, that are out there. Um, for you to come over uh, from um, industry, and yeah, industry, America. just like yep. just go right to a certain rank. Um, again, a lot, a lot of them out there, but um, we have not dialed in quite yet uh, a, a reserve component. We're still, we're still focused on the active duty yet. So, time will tell. Things are, things are changing, but yeah, perhaps in the future. All right. So you got fresh, new, yep, full space force coming up. Um, how are you doing kind of like development and evaluations? Are you rolling from the Air Force system or are you developing your own? You're talking about the performance evaluations? Yes. So, yeah, um, that's that that's a big fork in the road right now. So it's it's uh, it's something that uh, we as leaders are, are keyed up on because we're guardians. We're in the Space Force, but we're still using the old Air Force forms right. with all the Air Force terminology. And um, that is 100 percent in the works. It's um, a, a, a Guardian Space Force evaluation form is uh, scheduled to be coming out soon. Don't quite have a time yet. I know one of the things is we're working on, do we want one form for officer enlisted both? That's just Guardian. Mm-hmm. Or, or are we working on two forms for officer enlisted? You know, almost similar to the way the Air Force did it. So we're working on that. Um, that's part of the culture. Um, very important to have our own identity, have our own performance, and um, the, the things that we're being asked to, to get after um, in the Guardian spirit, the things that we're, we're, we're asked to uh, develop are not the same terminology that's in the Air Force or in those forms. So, yes, we fall under the Department of the Air Force, but uh, we're actively working on our own culture, and, and definitely those performance reports are one of them. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Yes, also, sir. You, uh, you mentioned the key word for us. You said forks in the road. Yeah. Do you have any more forks in the road that you're actively looking at right now or things you see over the horizon? Um, I, yeah, I took a couple notes. Um, I, I think w- along that same vein of um, uh, reports and evaluations, so the, the Space Force is considering, do we need to follow the traditional static closeout dates of the Air Force? That made sense in the Air Force, but do we need to do that? Um, we're really kind of, there's a lot of folks in the road. We're looking at, Hey, that's the way the air force did it. Is that the way we need to do it in the space force? Uh, again, the, this, the, the air force is so huge. It's just a massive, um, business. We're, we're so small in the space force. We have to, we have the opportunity to, to change and mold. And, um, yeah, there's, there's several things when it comes to promotions. I mean, talk about, um, assignments drive happiness promotions. That's, that's yes. important to people. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so that's something we're, um, we're actively focused on because that's important to our force. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's endless. The, the, the only constant is change right now in the space force. So there, there's a lot of forks in the road, but it, it's, I'd say more on quality of life type things. And, and how do we break off from the way the air force used to do things? And how do we, 
move forward with our own culture. Right. So taking ownership of each and every process, each idea, each yeah. physical embodiment and pushing it forward. It does. It takes course. time. It takes yeah. time. Uh, like we talked about basic training, we'd love to have our own right. specific, but we're, we're not there yet. We need, we need, we need time for that infrastructure. So yeah, all, all, all in due time. Again, again, three, three years old, we're, we're toddler in this, uh, in, in this stage of life, but uh, very excited for the way things are going in the future. Now, what about like, like rank structure mm-hmm. uh, are you is are the guardians still going through an e1 through e9 and are you guys still using the same three-tier system that the other branches of the service are using where you're you're in, you know junior enlisted nco senior nco correct correct yes sir we are um not using the term amarin specialist specialist one through four um and and definitely whenever you go to make e5 you go to make sergeant um we're, we're going to send you to some some type of leadership training um and so again the, the vision is to have that centralized right now in, in in colorado to go to that training um and the same thing when you go into the senior NCO academy so we do have the the tiered approach to when you're going to a specific rank, hey, we need to we need to come together and get you the skills and the tools you need to go forth and, and right. lead guardians. So, so yes, sir, still following that same rank structure. Because leadership is leadership. I mean, uh, yep. you know, it, when you get to the to the senior leadership academies, it's it, you, we can go to a Coast Guard academy, we can go to sure. the Marine Corps academy. So, I mean, academies are academies. So, I would love to see the day where you know Space Force has a as a you know uh, NCO uh, or senior NCO option that airmen could cross over and go to. I just think they'd be it's fascinating. In it's I in think the works. Be fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the things, you know, at the um, the, the, the chief level is um, when, when you made chief in the Air Force, you got to go to the, the, the CLC. Yes. Well, um, the um, Guardians have pulled away from that, and it's going to be more of like a um, – uh, a case-by-case basis, almost like a sister service, if you will. And, mm-hmm. and we're doing our own uh, Chiefs Orientation course. So, yeah, definitely uh, it, it's pretty cool. Um, a lot of things, a lot of changes coming in the Space Force. I mean, that's just, that's just the nature of it, where we're at. We're, we're, we're so new. We're getting after it. So, yeah, it's very exciting. It's got to be, yeah, I was just going to say, it's got to be so exciting for you being on the precipice of this entire change and being able to be such an agent of change at the same time. I, I, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I envy you because I don't envy anybody, but I respect what you're doing. And God, it'd be great to have that same opportunity because sure. uh, it sounds like an, an awesome opportunity for you and for all the other guardians that are enacting this at, at all rank structures, mm-hmm. you know, uh, enlisted and officer rank structures. It just sounds like it, it'd be, you know, a dream come true. It'll kind of like, you know, create your culture as you go along based on what your mission set's going to be. And you're creating your own history Absolutely. every day. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. It, it is. Uh, our, our, our goal is, um, you know, as building this culture, um, if, if you're a guardian, we want people to, when, when, when a guardian walks in the room, we want people to recognize, like, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's a super cool job. Uh, we, we want a guardian to be the best teammate you've ever had. R- really, that's, that's the culture we're, we're getting after. Um, we we, um, we want to provide meaningful work. Um, we, we want to... Um, uh, invest in our people, but also hold them accountable. Um, this is just such an amazing time that uh, it really, man, you know, I'd say managing the, the change can be challenging because it seems like there's there's always new things changing, but um, that that's just the nature of it, and uh, we're 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 doing a pretty good job so far. Now, is is the Space Force getting uh, involved a lot now in joint operational planning? Uh, a, a little bit. So the uh, Space Force has uh, stood up 
um, a, a couple overseas locations. One is um, Space Indopaycom over in Hawaii. Ooh, they they stood up Space Central Command, um, teamed up down there in McDill. Good. And there's a Space European Command over in Ramstein. Um, so so definitely there's some growth opportunities when it comes to the joint world. Um, the Space Force took over the, um, uh, the the JTAGS missions from the Army as well. I don't know if you're f- familiar with that. But um, it, it, it dealt with uh, more of the space operations. So um, we've had a lot of inter-service transfers from uh, from the army come over and they're, and they're doing that so yeah there are opportunities coming up uh, when it comes to the joint world yes sir okay. are there also opportunities that comes up to liaising with civilian counterparts such as most obvious comes to mind will be nasa mm-hmm. items like that do you have you experienced any of those yet uh not not me uh personally uh i i, I think they're out there as i mentioned the kind of um uh, partner with industry type of things yep. that, that are going on and um there's opportunities to go to school or do a partnership or internship at L3 or Boeing or all these different companies that are offering things. And then you, you bring that knowledge skills back into the service. So, so yeah, I, I don't have a lot of experience in that realm because uh, when it comes to Space Force, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely new. Yeah. Um, th- there are some folks who, who had that organic experience and they were doing space ops in the Air Force. And when they crossed over, it was a natural transition. Uh, but, but for me, I'm playing catch up a little bit. Uh, you mentioned before when you see someone, a space guardian, walk into a room, you want people to know. Yes. Can you give me a brief background for any knowledge you may have about, say, a visual item like your dress uniform? Yeah, so that's that's also culture we're getting after. Uh, obviously, you guys can see mine. We, we were um, carrying over from the traditional Air Force uniform, um, changed the name tapes, um, changed the ranks, but... Uh, 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 sorry, one, one more time. So the, the pure uh, visual cultural indication of each service is generally like their dress uniform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the dress uniform is still in the works. Um, it's There's a call-out going right now, um, and there's a there's a test phase going on. Yeah. So um, I, I think you might have seen some of the senior leaders. Seen um, some beautiful, sharp, Yeah, very cool colored. looking. You got yep. some dark blues yeah. and some grays. So some of the senior leaders are wearing those right now. And there's there's a test phase going on right now to where there's been a select group of, of guardians that were pulled from all, all different places um, to, to wear and fit test these uniforms. And that is currently going on. And they're taking feedback. And I know um, some of those feedback have been rolled up the chain as far as, hey, this collar doesn't work or my, my kudumara doesn't, doesn't fit correctly. And so um, that's a back and forth phase that's going on right now. Um, but, but I would say, you know, just the uniform alone being different is, is one thing. But um, we are definitely focused on when it, when a when a guardian walks in the room, you know this person is credible, this person is knowledgeable, this person is reliable, going to be an amazing teammate, an amazing partner. Be, beyond just just what the name right. tapes say, um, and, and and being bought in, being part of the warfighter culture, one team, one fight. But um, yeah, that's that's really what we're going for. Is man, when a guardian walks in the room, you you know you got a teammate on your side. Yeah, because th- th- those intrinsic things, like you talk about, it, it's okay. I was a marine. I can walk into any room now 35 years removed from the Marine Corps in any room and look around. I can tell you who all the former Marines are and who all the current Marines are because it's just it's something that you develop within. And I would offer in the Marine Corps, you get a very consistent product. If if, uh, over the course of let's call it 16 years, you get an E7 uh, in the Marine Corps, you have a very consistent product, Mm -hmm. which you're going to get. And I think the Marine Corps has an amazing culture. The Space Force is definitely trying to. Um, I don't know if copy is the right word, but um, emulate. Emulate, yeah, that, that, that that's a better.
better word. Thank you. Try, trying to take some of those things. Um, you know, I, personally, I had the opportunity to go to the uh, Marine Corps Advanced Course at, Ooh, at Camp Pendleton. Yeah. Yeah, sister service. Ra. Ra. Um, 119 fired up gunnies and one <laughs> Air Force guy. <laughs> so it was an experience, right? And, and they let me have it. Um, but it was an amazing opportunity. And really the one thing I noticed when it comes to the difference in culture is, sir, you know this, every Marine, a rifleman, first and foremost, you yes. were taught to be a trained killing machine. That is what you do. And then your second identity is, is you have a, a skill, a, a trade, a craft, right? And that's a consistent product where at the time, what I found when I was still in the Air Force when I went through, the Air Force was kind of flipped. We, we identify by our badge and our AFSC. Right. Well, I'm very much like I'm, I'm a cyber, I'm a CE, I'm a cop. And in, and in the meantime, we go to the range sometimes and we shoot, but it wasn't exactly a, a, a warfighter mentality. So um, I, I think the Space Force is really trying to get after that amazing um, aspect of you get a very consistent product after so many years of service. And uh, the Marine Corps definitely does it right in that aspect. And we're trying to do that, too, within the Air Force. Um, I know particularly like in this wing, uh, it started with uh, with oh geez, my mentor, Chief Dubuque, retired command chief from this wing. Okay. And when he took over, I was his, his wing first sergeant. Sure. And when he took over... His biggest pet peeve when he would go talk to an airman was, hey, what do you do? Yep. And if they said, I'm a justa, or I only do this, or yep. I'm a... I just worked at the just, gym. It, would just, it yep. would just blow his mind. He'd be like, no, you're an air warrior. You are an air warrior. You're an airman. You, you, you got to beat be it into him because the, that mentality exactly. wasn't quite there. Yeah. And that was one of the things I identified a long time ago. Was like, you're right. That is the thing that the Marine Corps did so well in identifying a culture. And it's so great that you now, because like now we're trying in the Air Force, we're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube because, you know, we it's just the way we went operationally in the Air Force for so many years. Yeah, more, we're more became more about, yeah, more business-like, and I do cyber, and I have my left and right lane, and we're in a, yeah. a, a new era where multi-capable airmen better be embraced as not just a thing on an org chart. It must be your way of life, yeah. and we are all air warriors, and we need to, need to move forward smartly to accomplish the mission. Um, so we're trying to, like, backtrack into that, where yep. it's so great. You have the opportunity from, like, like flash to bang, boom. Yep. You can set that tone. I can't wait to see where Space Force is 10 years from now. I think it's Same just going to be sir. incredible. It's going to be incredible. Me too. I, I, I hope to still be around. Uh, for, for me, I, I'm excited because right now I'm in uh, operations command, um, but moving over at the, at the next assignment to be in training and readiness. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be a part of that team that's going to be a part of the curriculum as far as that basic training and the tech schools and, and um, uh, the, the, the eval training and stuff like that. So, yeah, very exciting. Um uh, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled to be a part of this. I, I feel honored and humbled, uh, man. When I, I mean, when I got that, when I got that call, when I got the selection, I was a little bit floored. I'm like, you, you guys want me in, in the space yeah. force. <laughs> and so, um, it's, it's been such a good decision. And, and I'll tell you, there was a lot of folks that were apprehensive because there were folks that had been in the air force for 17, 18 years. And when the opportunity came, hmm, I'm so close to 20. Do I want to do this? Do I want to roll the dice and take this gamble on a brand new service? I don't know anything about, but, but, I, I, I was I was all in. Hey, let's do it. When when I put the application, they called me. There was there was there was no going back. So uh, I'm super excited to be a, a part of this Space Force team. Proud to be a guardian. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thankful that you guys are interested. And uh, we have the opportunity to kind of spread the love here on the podcast. Hey, and uh, we're starting to get close to uh, 
you know, to our, our, our normally allocated time. I mean, we could probably stretch this into a three-hour podcast and have listeners, but, yeah. you know, uh, I do have uh, one more question for you before we just wrap up for final comments. Okay. Uh, it, one of the, the biggest thing that the Air Force, in fact, all branches of the service are struggling with is resilience okay. and resilience models and, sure. and in, you know, trying to, you know, stop our airmen from breaking or whatever is um, what is the Space Force doing for resilience? Do you have your own programs? Do you have your own ideas? Or because of your culture, your culture change and where you're at, it's really so everybody's, you know, it, 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 it hasn't impacted yet. Uh, well, I, I'll be honest. It, it's hard for me to speak on resilience across the force because I, I just don't have that touch point across the force. Um, but but yeah, it's absolutely important. And um, I, I think, uh, again, focused on how can we make you happy and make your family happy? I think that um, kind of ties into resilience. Um, we're, we're definitely still big on um, physical fitness, spiritual fitness. We, we still have, uh, I guess, what the Air Force would call stand down days where we like, hey, let's let's pause ops for mm-hmm. a minute and let's get together and let's let's talk about stuff. But um, I, I would say here, Cape Cod Space Force Station, we just have the opportunity to um, pause and we can we, you can bring your significant others you can bring your spouses you can bring your kids you can bring your dogs there's actually a right now there's there's a going away for for our for our do and um we, hey shut it down we're, we're gonna we're gonna go have a little event outside at the lighthouse and just an opportunity to connect and i think that connection piece is just something that we can do just connect as human beings uh, i'm under the uh, auspice that look we all volunteered to be a part of the service We've got family support. We, we, we've got we've got bills to pay. We've got loved ones we're, we're trying to take care of. So we just want to treat each other with dignity and respect, and we want you to have meaningful work. And um, I think we're getting after that here at Cape Cod by just focusing on that connection piece, just just as human beings, just as, right. as good people. Let's get to know you. And, and I think that, um, that that shows when when people will come up and talk to you about, hey, I'm 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 struggling. I'm having a hard time. Well, let's let's go get you the help you need. So, right. yes, yeah, so that, that's something I've said all along is if we if we feel, look at resilience as a culture, it won't need to be a program. And, you know, it sounds like you guys doing a great job with that we're, we we have the opportunity being being so small we're kind of geographically isolated that we we are family i mean uh, you know 10 8 10 hours at work I, I i spend more time with with my coworkers sometimes than, than i do with my actual family and, and you get to be family and it, it comes from a place of love and um man this is just such a such a great organization to be a part of and i'm excited for the future and i'm, I'm excited for those those future guardians that this is what they know and they're they're going to be really um, carrying that banner. Those are going to be the ones that uh, um, take this thing forward. All right. So uh, I, I'd like to break in. This is Tim Sandlin from the production booth. Hey, Tim. And I'd like to just break in for a moment, and I want to address something that you said, Chief Norris. One thing that I've noticed every time I've gone over and visited your squadron, yes, sir. if I had one word to describe your crew over there, mm-hmm. camaraderie. Camaraderie, 100%. And that is like something you don't see it everywhere. And it does exist. Uh, we see it over here in the 102nd. We've got a great team uh, of uh, wingmen. Um, but your squadron, if I had to say, you know, boil it down to one word, it's 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 camaraderie. And then the second thing I wanted to say is how um, how great it is to be at this point in this service in your position. You're planting the seeds. Yes, sir. And um, being a student of military history, just being able to see the first few trees grow from your from your efforts 
And, uh, you know, it takes me back to like the the early days of SAC, you know, and the. Oh, you're bringing it way back. You know, Strategic Eric, man. I, I haven't been around that long, but I've read a lot of books. I've seen a lot of movies. Uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, Strategic Air Command. No, no kidding. Yep. And uh, just seeing the early days of a service branch, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. That's like Halley's Comet coming yep. around, you know, it doesn't happen every day. And uh, how wonderful it is to be on the ground floor of something so special. So I just want to put my two cents in. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you for that comment. Well, we, we love having you and your, your teammates come over and join us and, and help us out, taking photos and whatnot and, and participating. And, yeah, I, I would agree, camaraderie. Uh, we use the term a, a tight-knit family. We're, we're, we're so close. I mean, we, we'll, we'll have coffee talks on a Friday and really we'll, we'll cook breakfast in the lighthouse and make coffee. We'll just, we'll just talk about something. Um, I think sometimes in the Air Force it got to be like – just, just such a mountain to move. Like, hey, I have to do this, this big professional development thing. Like, in, in the space, we're like, no, let's just get together. And let's talk, let's talk about something. Let's talk about um, the public speaking. Let's let's talk about connection. Let's talk about character, courage, commitment, all all these things. And and I think that comes through when when we're having a, a fun event. Like, man, we all we all know each other, and your your pets and your your kids are always invited. And man, it's 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 all family and it's all love there. And um. Yeah, I, I think that um, um, I, I think the the second piece what we were talking about was um, the history, the history, yeah. and being on the ground floor planting the seeds and watching the trees grow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I the the note I took on that was um, building the bench. So so really, you know, at, at at my stage, I'm I'm on the downhill slide of this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing everything I can um, to to make the team successful. But really, growing our replacements and building that bench because we've got some brand new, hungry, motivated way smarter than I ever was guardians that are, that are fired up and, and ready to crush this mission. And uh, that, that's part of my job and the senior NCOs job and even the NCOs too, is, is to build that bench and um, train them, give them the skills they need to go forth and be great because this is going to be their service. And yeah, excited to see where it's going to be in 10 years. I think you're going to see some big changes coming down. So yeah, thanks for that's those great. comments, Tim. Thanks. I have one final comment sure. and then I'm going to get into my final question. My comment is to every listener out there. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have enlisted leaders at every level. I know we have squadron commanders, group commanders, probably even some wing commanders out here listening to this. There is no reason that we cannot replicate all that positivity, that communication, that fellowship. What you are able to bring to the table because of the uniqueness of your, of your, your culture and where you're going with it. Every leader out there right now, no matter how big or small, can emulate that just by utilizing the same practices that Chief Norris is doing and that the Space Force is utilizing right now because of their uniqueness. Caring, compassion, provide your airmen with hope, make sure that you have uh, trust and empowerment. Yes, sir. And we can, we can create the same culture across all branches of the service because what you're saying right there, that is the essence of being a professional warrior. And if we're all professional warriors, we can emulate that without having to jump into different branches of the service. However, you guys are awesome. Thank I got to say right there, I I must say I am, I, I, I was honored to have this opportunity to speak to you. The only other guardian I had the opportunity to speak to, uh, um, you know, it, with, with any degree is uh, Chief Trowbridge. Okay. But because of all the different enlisted things that sure. we go to, and Chief Bass always brings him in. Sure. Uh, 
So to see the same messages, the same intensity, the same love of everything he's doing resonating down from yeah. the senior enlisted guy to to you, I can see it permeates through uh, Space Force, and that that's fantastic. Uh, so that was my my editorial comment. Now I do have one final uh, wrap up. Okay. Uh, final thoughts or any words of wisdom that either of you would like to share with the listeners? I am going to start with you, Sar Nunes, because you've been quiet too long. Yeah. What do you got? Um, I would say that much like I made the choice to switch after 17 years and much like Chief Illustrated, people have a lot of uh, friction points or resistance to that because it is a brand new service. However, it is worth it. I can tell you that hands down. If you are considering a change, Space Force, 100%, lean in, put in your packet, you know, reach out to them, see what they say. It is, it can be intimidating when you think of encompassing an entirely new branch, but uh, from what Chief Norris said, I'm almost considering it myself. Yeah, yeah so come on. got you, you're ours. Teammate, yeah. happy to have you. I may have a problem with yeah. that. <laughs> Not sure wants it, but no, it, it's a little bit of adversity is very beneficial for growth. Yes. And 100%, if you can cast off your, not cast, not forget, but cast off your baggage and create yourself into a place where you can accept the new area you are in and emulate and create it to build that bench, as Chief put it. Like, absolutely, lean in, embrace, and just move forward as fast as you can. I believe the term I recently was accelerate until apprehended. Yes. Okay, I my, like that. My favorite term. Perhaps. Yeah. I, that's I your favorite, it. sir? Mm, that's my favorite. You know, perhaps that's something that can also be used and perhaps modified by the Space Force into a different term as it's... Yeah, maybe some trajectory yeah, type well, uh, yeah. terminology. <laughs> but absolutely, Chief. That's uh, that's what I have for input. I like it in, in... You make a very, very good point there. Everybody out there listening, if you are comfortable doing what you're doing and you feel stagnant, then it's time to create a change. Now, I'm not saying change branches of the service or go from the Army to the Air Force or from the Air Force to the Space Force. Mm. What I'm saying is see what else is out there to make you uncomfortable. If you, you know, look at possibly being an additional duty for a sergeant or try a specialty duty, look at a new AFSC, try to find a different leadership thing you can do. Right. Keep yourself uncomfortable because that is the stimulus for growth and change. So, Great points there, uh, Tech Sergeant News. Same question for you, Chief. Any final thoughts or words, the words of wisdom you want to share for our listeners? Yeah, just just a couple things from me. Um, I, I would say caring caring for people is really what's important. You know, just caring about people, I think, is inherent uh, what we do as uh, military members. But but taking care of those people by growing and investing in them is really the the high bar. What's what we're really trying to get after? Um, we've been given such a Tremendous opportunity with this brand new service as, as, as guardians, and uh, we're really leading with love. We, we, we care about every one of our guardians. We care about um, the member, the family, um, the, the career progression. Um, it, it's just such an amazing team to be a part of. And if anybody's thinking about joining space, um, look, I, I'll tell you, the competition in space is, is real. Um, no one wants a war that goes into space, but we have to be ready because our adversaries are, are the threat is real. Um, you know, what we try to do is promote deterrence, but if that fails, we're going to be ready to win. And that comes with building that bench of, of folks who are hungry, motivated, and uh, some of the best teammates you've ever had. So, yes, sir. If anybody's interested in uh, kind of coming to see how we do business, um, you know, you, you got my contact over at uh, Cape Cod Space Force Station. Absolutely. It's a great business. I've been there a couple of times. Yes, it's, it's, it's a fantastic facility. All right. Uh, Texar Nunes, thank you. Chief Norris, thank sure. you. Thanks for having me. Uh, listeners, 
Once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chevron's. Look forward to talking to you again next month. And between now and then, dies Optimus Semper. Sully out.